Our scripture reading this evening is Genesis 1, 27 through 31. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, this evening we're starting a six-week series uh, on faith and work. Faith and work. And the subtitle for our series is Good Work Done Well. Good Work Done Well. Uh, let me give you a composite of two individuals. Uh, I'll call them Bob and Shirley. I don't think we have a Bob or Shirley in our community, do we? All right. If we do, many apologies. Uh, but Bob and Shirley, and, and here's a composite of Bob and Shirley, is that uh, they are educated and they're gainfully employed at a good company. And what they do is they work really hard and then they work for God on the weekends uh, they are hyper, super, mega involved at their church. Uh, this probably maybe even secretly annoys some of their friends, uh, but they are those hyper-involved, churchy, volunteer types. They give, they teach, they're a part of every study, they're a part of all the programs that the church offered, and they, they do service projects and they go on mission trips, uh, you know, the hyper, super, mega involved churchy type. Uh, and now all of that for Bob and Shirley, all of that account, all that churchy stuff accounts for maybe about 5% of their time. So that's the most hyper involved church person is about 5% of their time. And, and Bob and Shirley think that um, that is probably the biggest spiritual part of their life. And if they do, if they do think that um, God and their work intersects somewhere, like, you know, reaches somewhere, then they probably imagine, Bob and Shirley probably imagine it like, well, I know I should talk to my coworker about Jesus eventually, maybe invite them to church eventually, um, maybe I start a prayer email chain for the Christians that I've identified at my workplace. Um, maybe, maybe I put Bible verses in my cubicle or my office. 
Um, maybe I start a monthly lunchtime study group for the Christians in the office, for the sales team. And I, I do work hard and so, I, so that I can give the church money and then the church should do some really important spiritual stuff with it. But that's the way that they kind of, where God, faith, and their work intersects. Uh, now, that's about 5% of their lifetime. Uh, or um, rather, the church is 5% and their work, their, at their workplace, in their vocation, is a, a little over 33% of their time, of their entire life. Another third of that is sleeping, so we probably won't count that. And then the rest percentage is, is other activities, family time, Netflix, leisure, and retirement. So the, 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 the singular largest, biggest part of someone's life is engaged in working at your vocation and not with churchy stuff. And yet most people, Bob and Shirley being composites, most people will say, my most spiritual things are what I did on the weekends for God. Now here's a mind blower for you. It, I have studied this over the years and when I study it again, it like, it electrifies me all over again. So if you've heard this before, okay, that's great, but you might've forgotten it. Uh, we need to see this. We need to see the attributes of God in work itself. Like we've got to see the attributes of God through his activities in creation. So um, what type of working things do we see in God? Well, God is a counter. You know, he accounts for things. He's a botanist. He's a gardener. He's a physician. He's a, an adjudicator, a judge, a physicist. He's a chemist. Uh, do, have you ever thought of God as a performer? He puts on displays of wonder about himself. God is a performer. He's an inspector. He's a technician. He's a controller. He repairs things. He assembles things. He has precise tolerances. All right, did you know that God is capable of massive logistical cohesion? Like he schedules a bunch of different things. He orchestrates, he combines detailed comprehensive systems that work with other detailed comprehensive systems. Like he operates and he oversees and he applies power and energy. He is the foremost anthropologist. Like he appraises things. He sets boundary lines. That's what the psalmist says. Like he's into real estate. Oh, I will mark them out. Like I know real estate. He's a mediator. He's a conciliator. He teaches. He archives with the most, the most careful, impeccable detail. He knows budgets. He knows mechanics. He understands business investments. Like he understands... Um, 
seeding something and expecting yield, demanding yield. Like he gets supply and demand. So Solomon talks about this. He says, um, the grass, how there's just so many of them. We don't value grass or um, it withers and fades and no one um, honors bruised reeds because bruised reeds, you can get them anywhere. And then that little, that little uh, illustration in Revelation, uh, you know, uh, uh, streets paved with gold. Well, I, he's just saying like gold is like asphalt in heaven. Like it's, that's common. He gets supply and demand. Like we're not going to be busying ourselves with gold. Like if this was made out of gold, you would come and, and take a little nugget with you because we'd be consumed. We'd be like, this is amazing. He's, he's just saying, I know supply and demand and in heaven you won't be consumed because supply and demand is going to be very, very different there. So he gets economics. He knows freights and weights. He knows exchanges. He knows markets. He knows how that works. He's a child care worker. You know, God is a developmental specialist. He's a choreographer. God is a choreographer and a dancer. The psalmist says this and also talks about the Holy Spirit dancing and flitting over the waters before creation. He processes claims. He cleans. He knows tools and industrial scale. He is the ultimate community activist. He's a compliance manager. He's an HR guru. He knows people and what their gifts are and the resources where they should go. He composes and he computes. He is a courier of the very best messages. He serves food. He's the best dietitian. He's the best beauty consultant. He knows geology and precious minerals. I'm talking about your God and you're gonna say, okay, Tim, we got that point. Like you are beating a dead horse now. Now you really are, you really are. Like we got the point, God, is, God works and there's all of these things. I'm not done yet. No, I'm not done yet. So I'm gonna keep on continuing. You're gonna be like, no, Tim, you've beat a dead horse. No, I'm not done. Listen, he directs and he washes and he etches and he knows electrical and he's the minister of all education. He, he employs people. He is the grand employer. He's into fabrics and farms and fashion. He knows fisheries and forest management. He, he's, he's into information tech and intelligence gathering and counter, he's a counter espionage expert. He's a jeweler. He knows legislation in all legal intricacies. He's into library science. He's the word made flesh, right? He knows loans and he knows how to give loans without being predatory or gouging. He knows licensing, conferring temporary authority to another body. He knows mapping and cartography, all the nomenclature of cl classification that we've studied. He knows it. He's into metallurgy and military maneuvers. He's into modeling and molding. He's a musician. He loves nanotechnology and neurodiagnostics. Nuclear energy is an old, old, old God technology. He knows packaging and painting and pathology. He knows pharmacy and physical therapy. He knows hydromechanics and plumbing and poets and potters. He's into radiology and quality control and psychiatry. 
He knows recreation. He knows how to receive someone in the proper way. He's into reception. There's a, there's a beautiful God-centered way of doing reception right. <laughs> he knows sales. Isaiah says, come, come buy wine, milk, and bread for free. He knows sales. He knows the news business. He's into networking. He knows security, septic science, and sewing. He knows about so solar and software, coding and cryptology. He knows how to apply his wisdom to special people. So did you know that God is the, the very best at special education? How do I know that? He is the being that is manifesting himself and teaching us who are not gods. He's the very best person at special education. <laughs> He's into stats and stones and surgery and surveying. He knows structural integrity. He knows umpires and referees and officiating. He knows musculature and athleticism and prowess. He's into welding and wind farming and woodworking. I am gonna stop there now. The, the, horse, the horse is in a pulp and yet you know something. You know what I just rattled off is a puny, pitiful representation of a much, much, much larger list. So Genesis 1, God says, let's make man in our image. Two thoughts. I'm not going to even unpack them. So catch them. One thought. Have you ever thought that God is the ultimate pro at what you do? That's thought one. Thought two. And this is crucial. Did you ever think that you were doing God things when you're working? Like when you're working, you are imaging him. Let us make man in our own image. You're mimicking, you're reflecting, you're, you're portraying his God stamp that is on you when you're working where you spend most of your life. You are working way, way more than when you do church stuff. Um, when we see God's work, you know what all of us should immediately say? I do those things. I do that at my job. Like when I talked about the attributes of God, you're like, I, there are several things that you said, I do that too. Maybe less dumb sounding than I did. See, those attributes of work are the image of God. If you want some Latin, the imago Dei, right? Uh, God's person is expressed in some way in every human vocational pursuit. 
See, I, I don't know about you, but I have at times in my life, I thought spirituality was being radically moral, radically upright, pious person, church going, no, no potty word saying. But has anyone told you that deep spirituality is a working person? I'm not belittling church stuff. I'm a pastor for crying out loud. I'm just saying that your church stuff is not your biggest calling. It's my calling, right? I won that lottery but it's just a calling for me. I'm saying that your biggest calling, your most spiritual calling, that's where your work is. And that's where you and your time are most spent. Now, we have to ask this question. What's the purpose of work? What's the purpose of work? Oh, to get a paycheck, I guess. Keep the lights on, am I right, am I right? No, what's the purpose of work? It's this, is that God's glory be made manifest. Uh, God's glory be shown, be proclaimed, be seen, be mimicked, be copied, be wondered over, be explored, be mimicked, praised, discovered. God's glory be made manifest. That's the purpose of work. So when God created everything, and this is, this is an idea that I get from uh, uh, Amy Sherman. I, I put it in their online bulletin. Uh, she, she wrote a great book by Kingdom Calling. And uh, she said this, she said, also Al Mohler. Al Mohler has this idea. Uh, he says this, um, when God created everything, it was good. And then he hands over, after the six days, the, um, that part that Adam read for us, he hands over this dominion part over to humanity. And this is, this is amazing, is that he did not view that his creative plan was finished. He thought it was good, but his plan wasn't finished. Man was to continue his plan for creative work. I think that's exciting. Your work matters in imaging God, showing forth his excellence. Now, you hear this and you think, now, I did need a supercharged you know, idea of work all over again. Yeah, I love how you said that. And I copy what I image God by my vocation. But this, this, if you're, if you're sharp, and I know you all are sharp, it actually begs questions. Cause you're like, that's a really brilliant vision you just gave me, Tim. I like that. But also, um, yeah, where I work, <laughs> you don't know where I work. <laughs> <laughs> like you have not met my boss. She crazy. He like, there's no talking sense to this person. Like you don't understand my situation and all its 
crazy idiosyncrasies. Like, so I love the vision, but what about my, vi- uh, my limitations too? I get tired and I think work is meaningless and I get fatigued and then I lose steam and I lose uh, perspective. Like I love the vision, but like, I'm just not into it now. 20 years into work, like I actually, it feels like a paycheck actually, to be honest. So, I mean, I love the vision, but I just want to watch Netflix. And, and I haven't told you about my slacker coworker who's checked out or the other coworker that's such a domineering backstabber. <laughs> that is a very, very important question. Those are very, very important questions and it will lead us into next week. But my job this week is to give you a big, big vision of the image of God that is stamped on you in your work because he works. So let me just say it again. Spirituality, faith, your worship even. It's not a separate sphere from your work and vocation. And said another way, your work, your vocation, your calling, your labor, your employment, it's not a separate sphere from your faith. Let's pray into that. Jesus, um, I, I, I have not seen all the in- intricacies of my work, even the admin and the tedious things. and the, I haven't seen that as spirituality. I haven't seen it as imaging you. And so I need a refresher. I need a reinvigorated idea of how my faith is involved in your unfinished work of creation. I think we all need that. We, some of us don't even know what to do. We love the vision. And so we're asking your spirit to gently uncover the things we don't see. Yes, show us the deficiencies, but fill it quickly. Fill it quickly with your goodness and your pulling us to wholeness. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.